Have you ever observed that there's sometimes a gap between who and what a lot of Christians say they are and how they act? I believe it's because many aren't standing with Jesus. They're not standing where they think they are. And when I asked the Lord about it, he revealed seven levels of relationship that I'm going to share with you today. So hang around and see where you might fit in. I'm Xavier Lamont, and this is The Ecclesiastes. It's been an observation throughout much of my life that there's sometimes a huge gap between, you know, who many Christians say they are and how they act and what they believe. And one day I was conversing to the Lord about it and, you know, why it appeared to be a problem that was so prevalent. And he told me that many Christians aren't standing where they think they are with him. And when I asked what that meant, he impressed me with the seven levels of relationship that I'm about to share with you. Now, just so that we're clear, I'm not saying that this is gospel or that these are everything. I'm sure someone could imagine, you know, additional categories or subcategories, but this is what the Holy Spirit impressed upon me that day. Jesus has a great many fans. We'll look at that as like level one. The thing is, while fans may know a lot about the man from Galilee, they don't really know him personally. They're just part of the crowd and, and many are enamored with his, his teaching. You know, most, however, you know, they keep to the background having something of an appreciation of what Jesus may stand for, but they've never gotten close enough for him to have any sort of, you know, real direct effect on their lives. Now, not all fans of Jesus are followers. Think of that as level two. Followers aren't just part of the crowd. They conscientiously follow the master from place to place. You know, where he is, they show up. They like what he has to say and they value his teaching. You know, some are impressed with his healing, some are there for the food. Um, basically, they show up for the meetings and are usually happy just, about, just to be around others who follow him too. But not all followers are believers. I, I don't mean believers in the casual context that is usually taken, merely by the you know, declaration of, you know, I believe in Jesus. I mean believers in the sense that these are folks who have personally experienced something of the transformational directive of Christ. and in one way or another. Jesus has made a difference in their lives. Now, they not only believe, but they accept what Christ has done for them. They can't wait to get to heaven, but the power and the provision that Jesus promises, that, that remains largely absent from their lives today. So why is that? Well, it's often because even though they believe, they don't think that they have a worthy testimony to share. Some don't believe that anything that they might have to say has worth. You know, others feel that they don't have a right to speak. Some just don't have faith to receive all that the Lord wants to give them. Now, they've accepted salvation and they have enough faith to be saved, but very little else. So, consequently, not all believers are witnesses. A witness is not a silent observer. A witness is not, you know, simply content to tell others who Jesus is. A witness testifies to what the Lord has done and is doing in their life right now. Witnesses don't merely speak with their mouths either. Their very lives are testimonies about what God can do. Still, not all witnesses are disciples. Disciples move beyond sharing their testimony to acting on their faith and, the, and their beliefs. They make a conscious commitment to becoming servants of Christ. They actively seek and they commit to something deeper in the relationship. 
they commit to obeying the Lord, to walking in his path, to being transformed completely through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, disciples have not made not just a decision to admire Jesus, you know, not just follow after him, not just to believe in and experience the glory of the Lord, but to engage the Spirit of God that they might be molded into the likeness of Christ. And they make a concerted effort to put him first in all things and put their own interests and priorities aside. Now, once instructed, and once transformed and matured by the Holy Spirit, disciples are given a commission to become intercessors. Now, not all accept it. Some are content to sit at the feet of learning and, and not progress into the work that the Lord has given them. Others step into the work you know, that the Lord would have them do, but they insist on doing it their way, thinking that, that they've got it or that they know better, instead of closely adhering to the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit. But at this level, you can only fully succeed if you remain intimate with God and sensitive to what he would have you do. Now, this is critical because as intercessors, we are called to intercede for others. This is stepping into our role as priests. It calls and it requires the divine attributes of God to flow through us and out to others. Um, unconditional love, patience, grace. Now, it's a huge responsibility to be an intercessor, and often, maybe always, it requires a huge sacrifice of personal wants and desires. Now, from there, we're called to be ambassadors of the kingdom. That is, to represent or to represent Christ and the kingdom of heaven, you know, where we are and in all situations. An ambassador of, you know, is a witness for Christ with a capital W, if you will. You know, it's to be fully aligned with the Lord and in constant resonance with the Holy Spirit. And it's to do as Christ did and as he commissioned us to do, you know, when his time on earth was drawing to a close. An ambassador has received power from the Holy Spirit, Acts 1.8, and their witness carries an enormous, undeniable impact. And they do what Jesus did for others and even greater things, the even greater things that he talked about in John 14.12. Now, I know that all of this may strike you as impossible right now, but as you grow in intimacy with the Lord, your spiritual maturity will increase and your awareness of his being continues to expand. And as you draw ever nearer and closer to him, you'll learn that God is much greater than any box he's been limited to and that indeed nothing is impossible for him. But as I've said previously, there are some things that you have to discover for yourself and you will only ever truly discern them in the relationship when you're in the relationship that he wants to have with you that's the way that he designed it so the question i've got for you is where are you in your relationship with jesus or perhaps for a more honest answer i should ask which of these levels would jesus say that you're in you know it's not really that there's a wrong answer it's that Christians have a tendency to rise just to a level that is within their comfort zone. Then they plant themselves right there and they stop and they don't go any further. They don't pursue God further. And if that's you, I urge you not to let it be. Wherever you find yourself, commit to continue pursuing the Lord and growing in spirituality in Him. And you'll discover more than you ever thought possible, more of God, more of the kingdom, more of a you know, blessing in your life, more blessing to impart to others. 
more power and strength against the enemy and more of all that is good and that is godly. These are things that you want. So those are the seven levels. But before I go, here's a quick bonus. There's actually one other level and it can happen in conjunction with uh, some of the other levels that I've mentioned. When you grow so close to Christ and in Christ that he can share and trust you with everything that the Father has taught him, then he calls you friend. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. John 15, 15. It's a wonderful thing for Jesus to call you a friend. Now, that's also something that you'll have to discover for yourself, but believe me, it is worth everything. So today, today, the Spirit of the Lord is moving upon your heart. However close you are now, the desire to draw closer to God is going to well up even stronger. You're not going to be satisfied with the relationship you have at the level that you've been at. Now, that's no surprise because if what I'm sharing with you resonates with you, you're already not satisfied. But now it's time, as, as gamers would say, to level up. And you can already start to feel the difference, you know, but the, the feeling, no, the conviction is going to get stronger over the next several days. Now, you can choose to ignore it, many people do, but I pray that you don't. I pray that you allow it to blossom into a passion for being in relationship with God, in closer relationship with God, and getting to know Him the way that he wants you to know him. I pray that your passion for him, you know, be becomes akin to his passion for you and that the blessing of that passion just ignites your life. And when it does, wonderful things will start to happen. So be blessed. Take care. Thanks for watching.